Hello, good people. Welcome to The Chris Stefanik Show, the show that helps you find the joy that God made you for in the midst of everyday life. Don't miss us every week as we dive into real issues with real people and answer real questions. God bless you. My beautiful brothers and sisters, I love you. Thanks for being with me tonight. We're going to dive into a pretty intense topic, the topic of abortion, which is central in the news lately. Praise God. I mean, for reasons that I honestly, as optimistic as I am, never thought would happen, that Roe v. Wade was overturned. Uh, we're going to debunk a lot of myths you see floating around, especially in social media, to equip you to respond to those myths and spread the message of the gospel of life. Uh, most of all, I'm really excited to have a dear friend with me to talk about her experience of, of, uh, of healing after abortion. Thanks for watching. Shelly, I love you. <laughs> Shelly's one of my best friends. Shelly's, <laughs> Shelly's not a professional speaker or author. She's just an incredibly anointed woman who does great pro-life work and has an amazing story. And uh, her palm is sweating a lot right now, so be merciful. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, I suppose if you, if you ask me, Chris, I'll do this. But so if she passes out and that creates a viral video, that's kind of cool, uh, right? <laughs> just, cool. Just, just be yourself, Shelly. You've got, got a really beautiful story. I'm excited to dive into that story. Before we do, i got to share this with you. This is, uh, I'm going to read a little story about a crisis pregnancy to you right now. Uh, this is from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Mm-hmm. The angel said to Mary, do not be afraid. Oh, gosh, fears are the face of so many abortions. You have found favor with God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son. You shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called Son of the Most High. Now, this is a crisis pregnancy because Mary wasn't married. And this is in the ancient world where she could have been stoned to death. Okay, this went against every social norm and cultural rule. For a woman 2,000 years ago in, in, in Israel, in, in Palestine, to, to get pregnant outside of marriage, Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I'm a virgin? The angel said, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be, will be called Holy, the Son of God. All right, the answer wasn't, Mary, I'm going to help you figure it all out. The answer in that moment was, God is in charge, and he loves you, he's got you. And when we live life trusting that God's in charge, the blessings, the potential of life is so tremendous. And then the angel said, for nothing will be impossible with God. And then Mary said, now, if ever there was a quiet moment in heaven, this was probably it. All the... All the praise of all the angels and the prophets, everything calmed down. (laughs) And they waited. What's she going to say? Because the course of human history changed based on her response. I know some good holy priests who argue that this is the Annunciation. When Mary conceived God in her womb and the Word became flesh, this was a more important moment than any other moment in salvation history. Because the cross, the resurrection, all those things were going to happen from this moment. That God made depend on the yes of a teenager in the midst of a crisis pregnancy, this announcement. And Mary said, Behold, I am the handmaid servant of the Lord. Let it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her, and everything changed. I was in Israel recently, and there's uh, at the Cave of the Annunciation, there's an altar there. By the way, come with me someday. Reallifecatholic.com. Look up the pilgrimage info. Uh, go every June. But there's, there, there's, um, there's this... There's this altar in this cave of the Annunciation with the words on it, and the word was made flesh here. <laughs> that is mind-blowing. 
Everything changed from that moment of the announcement because she said yes to the radical possibility of life. Now, whenever there's a radical possibility for good and for beauty and for potential and for life, there's an equally radical possibility to choose not love, not freedom, not hope, not life. But even when we make the wrong choices, even when that choice is so bad that it's abortion, God is there just like he was there at that, that moment of the Annunciation. He's there. He's there in the moments of our sin. It's easy to conceive of him being there in the great moments where we're flying high and doing the right thing. He's there in the worst moments working his redemption story in us. And that's Shelley's story. Now, I'm gonna, we're going to talk, but as always, guys, y'all who are watching live, uh, and a lot of most people watch not live. I encourage you to watch live because I love just knowing I'm talking to you face to face. Here we are, and we let you break in our conversation. You can text your questions to 720-650-0100. Shelly, thanks for the courage to, to share this. Thank you for inviting me to share. I, I really, uh, I honor you, and I'm, I'm grateful. I know it's not an easy story to share. Um, 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. 30 years ago. Well, 30 years ago, um, long before I met my husband, Craig, I was um, uh, in a relationship uh, that was ending, um, quite yeah. frankly, another one that was beginning. And, and this um, relationship needed to end. This was not a Absolutely, not a good scene. absolutely. Um, so you, you were wanting to get, like, every tie to this relationship you wanted to get out of, right? Absolutely. Which is the perfect time to get pregnant from that relationship, right? <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then you found yourself pregnant. Absolutely. Um, and um, I, I go back to what you were saying just a little bit ago. I think every abortion is um, a result of fear. Mm. Um, that fear of the unknown and fear about how it turns your life upside down or potentially it could turn your life upside down. And for whatever reason, that's, um, that's what you focus on in that time. Or that's mm. what I focused on in that time. What, what were you afraid of specifically? I don't know. I think, I think looking back on it, just um, judgment from others, um, uh, not being able to provide, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. That judgment one was probably one of the mm -hmm. leading concerns, right? What are right. people going to think of me? Right. Uh, and that's, um, that, that's a, I mean, that's a tragedy in, in a Christian, I mean, you're living mm -hmm. in like Kansas, right? A lot of good Christians, church-going <laughs> Christians around growing up and you know, um, the sad thing is there are a lot of people who would judge. Yeah. Right? Right. Which is convicting. I mean, I think a lot of, a lot of kids grow up in Christian or Catholic households, get pregnant, have an abortion, because they, they would be judged. Uh, now, I think more often than not, people would find a whole lot of support if they actually went through with the pregnancy. Oh, I completely right? agree. And had I, had I thought through that at the time, yeah. I think I would have found a bunch of support um, in, in my time of crisis. Um, as well. I th it, that's the nature of fear though, right? Mm -hmm. you, you're not, you don't think clearly when you have fear. No, you don't. Especially when there's no faith going on. Absolutely. Faith was not a big part of your life at the time. No, it? I did not find my faith until I was 40, 15 years ago. So um, anyway, uh, I'm a convert to the Catholic Church. Right, yeah. Well, that's I'm not, a miracle. It's one of the not, many miracles. We're not going to do the math. No, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, because I, th I, th I was reflecting on this the other day in prayer, actually, thinking about the nature of fear. We got, mm -hmm. I got a program coming out in fear soon. I'm writing on it. And um, when, when a child has fear, they don't sit down and try to figure it out. They run to 
the, the parent that they think will protect them from whatever they fear because mm -hmm. mom or dad are bigger than the thing I fear. And when we get older, we, we think that by our computations, we'll figure things out. Mm -hmm. Fight or fight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and we, when we fly, we, we flee to our, our own brains right. thinking, I'm going to find an answer and then I'll be safe. And then it often just, when you don't have the faith to say, first I'm going to run to my father, trust that I'm already safe, and then I'll think from here. Right. So, so from the panicked um, paradigm, we come up with the wrong conclusions that don't, don't match truth. I love the, the acronym FEARS, false evidence appearing real. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, so then 15 years ago, uh, wait, wait, before we jump into the, to the 15 years ago and to the, to the journey to healing, did you notice that you had anything to be healed from? Or no. was the pain of abortion instantly buried? Um, that's a tough question. Um, I didn't know going in, yeah. correct? Um, but um, it, was, it was pretty immediate that um, I, I, I knew that I had done the wrong thing. I knew that, um, and, and I think the, the most horrific part about that is you can't take it back. Mm. You don't get a do-over mm. and, um, uh, you know, so it was immediate. I mean, walking out, um, walking out of the um, physician's office that day, I immediately felt um, like I had, I don't know, I was shattered. Mm. Um, and I think moving on from that after that time, I think that I spent um, a lot of time trying to justify um, what I had done. And um, I think that that came out through, um, you know, uh, being pro-choice, right? Yeah. Or, or speaking to a, a woman's right to choose. And... Um, Boy, it wasn't until um, it wasn't until 15 years ago when I found um, my Catholic faith and began a relationship um, of my of my own, a personal relationship with you know Christ Jesus that that mm. um, and my husband. Mm. Um, uh, that um, I think that it actually the the weight of how heavy that was kind of came back um, to, you know, I don't know. It became clear that I had really messed up and the judgment that I should have mm. been afraid of wasn't about the people who surrounded me, but my father in heaven, mm. right? So um, that weighed awful heavy on me for a lot of years. And, and yet you found that same, I get chills when you said that, because this, this is, there's a profound spiritual reality here. A lot of us live under the weight of our sins mm -hmm. and then justify them because that's how we think Absolutely. we might find freedom from the weight. Mm -hmm. And that's and you could see this, and I don't want to oversimplify it, but you, you go to pro-life marches and everybody's happy. Mm -hmm. Even though the, the secular media loves to paint all these angry, rigid pro-lifers, right. it's literally joy-filled if you go to the March for Life. You go to the, the average pro-choice march and there's a lot of anger. A lot of anger. And I, I have to think some of that is a compromised conscience mm -hmm. that I have to feel this anger as an out for the judgment I'm, I'm having myself. But it was discovering that the fact that redemption's possible enables you to feel head on without trying to escape from reality the weight of, of sin. Yeah. Which is step one toward redemption, right? Uh, tell me a little yeah. more about the, the journey into the, into the, the Catholic faith. And how tied was that to, to, to marriage and 
Um, it wasn't, and you know, I think people second guess this when I say it, but it wasn't at all tied to um, my, uh, at, at the time, you know, I'm dating Craig, yeah, who yeah. is <laughs> very Catholic. Yeah, I've noticed. <laughs> but, right. Um, he never, he never pushed that on me. Um, mm. It was, um, I, um, I asked if I could go to mass with him one day when we had first started dating. I was literally just hoping to go to brunch after. <laughs> but, mass is free brunch afterwards. <laughs> right. Donut Sunday, it's even yeah. better. But um, we got into, we got into mass and um, uh, it was beautiful. It was beautiful, and um, I've um, I've said numerous times uh, since then that the Holy Spirit just kind of grabbed a hold of me those first few times in Mass, um, because I I just I don't know I started sobbing through Mass yeah. and wow. and um, it just it really kind of grabbed a hold, and I ended up asking Craig, you know, I'd watch people go up for communion, and I'd say, how do I get that? Wow. So you were just drawn to it. Mm -hmm. So you start coming Absolutely. into this Catholic faith. <clears throat> what, um, gosh, reconciling with to God from the, the abortion experience, uh, was there a specific moment where it's like, okay, I'm, I'm bringing this into confession. I'm getting rid of this. I'm giving this to the Lord. I'm going to stop living under the domination of my own uh, shame, guilt, whatever it was. Was there a moment where it's like I'm, I'm moving forward and, and bringing this to the Lord really? Um, yeah, but I don't think that that moment came in, uh, that moment came out of a conversation that Craig and I had. Um, and, um, I think we both remember it a little differently. Um, yeah. but I just remember being, it being profound, right? I mm. mean, he's, he's, he's arguing, um, you know, this pro-life stance and, and I found myself falling back into, you know, justifying, wow. um, and, it, it wasn't until then that I understood that that's what I was doing, was justifying what I had done. Wow. Um, and that in itself was, I mean, a tremendous eye-opener. Wow. Wow. You know, it's not only the love of God, it's also the love of a spouse that, uh, that unearths wounds, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And the, and the Lord loves us too much to leave us alone in, those, in, our, in our calluses <laughs> that we form around the wounds. Mm -hmm. And so often it's that, that, well, Natalie's love for me, it's like, Oh gosh, I didn't even know that. Ouch! That I needed to deal with that. Yeah. You know, it just keeps coming back. Uh, but thank, thank you, Lord, for loving us too much to let us stay as we are and just as we are Amen. simultaneously. Amen. <laughs> That's pretty awesome, isn't it? <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so when you, what's it like to bring something like that to confession? Were you terrified? Yes, terrified. I mean, so, what did you expect to have happen? Did you get yelled at? I mean, what, what did you think? I'm not sure. I'm not sure what I thought I was yeah. gonna was gonna happen. Um, I um, I started going to RCIA. I was coming that's into right the a Christian initiation for adults, right? That's that's when people <laughs> coming into church. I always like to spell this kind of thing out. You want to become a Catholic going through RCIA? Yes. Yeah. So 15 years ago, I was going through RCIA, and um, uh, it came time for um, I was coming into the church at Easter. It came time for my first confession and. And um, uh, I remember going down to St. Thomas More, and, and um, they had one of the um, confessions where there's priests in different, you know, sections mm. of the church and different classrooms and and whatnot. And everybody was, you know, standing mm. in line. And I remember standing in line for confession, and I had worked myself into this hysteria. 
And um, wow. I went into um, one of the classrooms. I didn't know it was Father Mel at the time, but um, and there was a divider. And I'm sitting over on one side of the divider, and Father Mel's on the other side, and I'm just sobbing that mm. ugly cry, mm. you know. And he he says, "Sweetie, you're going to have to calm down. I don't understand <laughs> what you're saying." So, <laughs> See, that's I, what happens when you go to confession. So yeah, it's I like that. Grabbed my chair and I peeked around. And I said, "Can I come over there with oh, you?" Oh, that's great. And so he he let me he let me come around and and um, we did confession um, face to face and. Um, it was beautiful, um, and he was wonderful and, and gentle and sweet and um, uh, all of that. But awesome. um, I, I can't even tell you how um, amazing that was to have all of that, you know. You just felt like, did you feel Absolutely. literally physically lighter? I did. Yeah, because I, I I've had that experience before. Yeah. It's funny because people, people uh, I think it's our own conscience, but I think the evil one, I think it's real, that he likes to attack Mm-hmm. Our, our conscience and inflate things and and instead of having this trust in your father that you're going to run to him be freed he's like no no, no. be ashamed mm-hmm. get locked into the shame have a dark secret that's one of the psychological healing impacts of confession like you get it out there as like pool then you realize like oh that's not me that's something i did and that can be forgiven yeah it's separated from the from the self uh, but people expect the priest to yell at them and it's like the bigger the sin is actually the happier the priest is to hear it. <laughs> it's like, whoa, I got a big fish. Yeah, it was worth sitting here all day waiting for this one. And that's, that's Father Mel's response, man. That's yeah. beautiful. Yeah, you know, it was wonderful. Of course, I'd, I'd say one in every couple hundred priests would be curmudgeonly and like, but that's not the average, exp- and that's not the Lord, you know? Um, wow, praise God. So speaking of the, of the evil one trying to keep us from confession, I, I think we also form lies about ourselves and about God that keep us from redemption. And I think you dealt with a lie that um, your Heavenly Father doesn't love you because of what you did. Mm-hmm. Tell us how you pushed back on that and, and, uh, and the good Padre's advice to you yeah. and the prayer you said. Because I think this could help people who are watching who, who maybe think, this is a great message of redemption, but you don't understand, Chris, I had an abortion and there's no mm-hmm. way God could love me. Or I had five abortions, God couldn't love me. Mm-hmm. How'd you push back on the lie? Well, um, yeah. So um, as wonderful as uh, my first confession was with Father Mel, I really struggled with um, forgiving myself. And so um, uh, uh, our good Padre um, was um, at the house one day, and he and I sat down on the patio and were talking um, about this. And I, I, I told him, I said, I'm having a huge, you know, problem, you know, forgiving myself. And he smiled and he said, well, Shelly, he said, you know, he said, that's a sin in itself. Mm. And um, he said, who are you to, you know. (laughs) That's awesome. I know. It was was amazing. (laughs) So um, he said, who are you to not be able to forgive yourself when the Father can? That that really, it's telling God, mm -hmm. what I did is bigger than what you did for me. Yeah. Whoa. So um, talk about humbling. Yeah. Um, I mean, immediately. Um, it, and it's convicting of another thing, but the con- conviction that comes from God, it doesn't beat us down. Right. It's like, go ahead, get up, get up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so um, anyway, uh, my penance, if you will, yeah. um, was um, Padre wrote on a 
sheet of paper, he said, he, he's writing this prayer and he tells me, he said, I want you to pray this until you believe it. And um, so he handed me the piece of paper, I still have it, um, but it said, Lord, show me how much you love me. Mm. And so um, I did, I, I prayed it until I believed it and um, mm. tucked it away and um, stays right here with me. So. Praise God. And you probably still have to go back to that and pray. Every once in a while, not on yeah. the same thing, but okay. yeah, there are, there are, yeah. Because, you know, I, I find in, in spiritual battles, the devil's always trying to get you to go back to the same old stupid things. Yeah. Play, play the book is not very big, you know, but it's a, it's a matter of, of uh, talking back, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. talking back by, you know, I'm, I'm going to just focus on the truth. I'm going to reiterate the truth. Mm -hmm. uh, say that prayer one more time, because I want, if you're watching right now, you're struggling with this, I want you to write this one down. What's the prayer? Lord, Lord show me how much you love me. Show me how much you love me. It's so stupidly simple yep. and life-changingly powerful at the same time. Mm -hmm. Lord, show me how much you love me. Uh, there's something so encompassing about the grace and power of, of redemption. I'm like, when you experience grace in your life, it's like, dude, that's real. It's so powerful that it, God doesn't just build on the good things we do. He actually builds on the wounds. And there's, there's wounds in my own life where it's like, these are cracks in, in my person. But God's able to get deeper in me through those cracks <laughs> <laughs> than he would have in my sinful fallen state had I not had those and just been all proud, frankly. And sometimes those cracks are even from our own sin. And I, I love the scripture that God makes all things work out for the good for those who love and serve him. This includes our own stupid past. So I, I don't know. I don't know if this is a question for you just to take the prayer and maybe reflect on. Because I, I want. I make some, uh -oh. asking it makes me want to reflect <laughs> on it. Or if you got any thoughts right now, but like, how is this experience of of your own um, mistake, wounds, mm -hmm. redemption, made you the person that you rejoice in being right now? Because I know you like Ooh, yourself. That is that is a hard question. Yeah. 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 I don't know how to answer that. That's fine. Okay. It's something cool to take to prayer. <laughs> okay. Because I, I see it from the outside. It's sometimes easier for your friends to see. You have such a compassion and warmth. And anybody watching it, see Shelly's eyes are just <laughs> beaming. I don't think that's despite what you've went, been through. I think it's because of it. I think it's a part of it. Like, no one's going to come to Shelly's door who has done something stupid and be turned away. No. No, I would never do that. No. See? <laughs> That's all part. That's part of it, you, and you can show the Father's love in that way. Uh, I, it also has formed your work. Yeah. All right. You work at uh, at, at Marisol. I am uh, the director of events for Catholic Charities. For Catholic Charities, yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, some of the work that um, the work I started out doing was for Marisol. Okay. Um, as a volunteer, but um, I put together. I helped put together um, a lot of the Marisol events that we do at Catholic Charities. Okay, why don't you tell me about Marisol uh, mm -hmm. in a second? But first, uh, I just want to real quick dive into some of these myths that we see about abortion. And I, I found this little clip of uh, Liz Warren on on Twitter <laughs> that I want to show right now before you talk about what Marisol's done. So mm -hmm. go ahead and air that clip of of Liz Warren in all her brilliance. <laughs> Those crisis pregnancy centers that are there to fool people who are looking for pregnancy termination help outnumber true abortion clinics by three to one. We need to shut them down here in Massachusetts and we need to shut them down all around the country. You should not be able to torture a pregnant person like that. 
Trigger warning. Okay, so uh, <laughs> you should not be able to torture pregnant women like that. Now, one of the myths that I see popping up online constantly right now is you only care about babies before they're born. Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned Marisol. Most of the people watching are from around the country, not from Denver. They don't know what Marisol is. Right. But that's one of these uh, uh, crisis pregnancy response places, mm-hmm. right? What's the stuff that Marisol does? Well, um, Marisol, uh, Marisol, the, the, the initial Marisol um, is, Marisol Health is um, located across the street from the main Planned Parenthood um, here in Denver. Just which, by chance. Just by chance. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah. which is, um, well, was the second largest in the, in the nation, yeah. I believe. Um, uh, but, um, yeah, so Marisol... Yeah, how do you respond to that kind of I don't of know. I, don't, I, well, I mean, there's, I mean, there's, really? there's so many things I want to say and so many things I probably shouldn't say, but... <laughs> um, I think you should say most of right. them. Go ahead. So, um, Marisol Health, um... Marisol Health invites all women in, um, those in crisis pregnancy, those needing help, needing health care, um, you know, ultrasounds, um, you know, prenatal care, um, all, all of that. Um, so, I, I mean... All the things that they say, all the things, you only care about babies before they're born. It's like, oh, really? Then explain this. Right. In, in every Catholic charities that I'm familiar with, in every city in the United States, mm-hmm. there's some there's a Marisol or something like it. Sure. That's like, hey, here's your diapers. We got you covered. Yeah, and, hey, and here's a place to stay. We got you covered. That's what we call the continuum of care, right? Yeah. I mean, we can take care of you know life from beginning to end, right? Yeah. Um, so um, you know, there's Marisol Home. It's a home for either pregnant or, or just single mothers with their children who need a place to live. There's Marisol family um, where, you know, we, we've got the diapers, the formula, the, yeah. you know, clothing, um, assistance like that. There's, there's counseling services. I mean, just anything that you could possibly need. Yep. Um, we were there. It's, it, it is, it's ironic. It's the whole life, That's right? it. It's ironic yeah. that the people who accuse all you conservative Christians right. only caring about preborn babies are, are now attacking the very systems we put in place, robust systems with lots of money given to them yeah. to take care of babies after they're born, to take care of moms in crisis pregnancies, mm-hmm. to, to reduce the fear so they know there's a place to go. And not only is there a place to go, there's a lot of people like you at those places who have been through this kind of thing. Much better than me. <laughs> <laughs> No, but who've been through these things and who are like who have compassion mm-hmm. and who are ready to walk with women through their through the crisis. That's absolutely it. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's I'm, I'm so proud to be a Catholic. There's an when I alum see that. program. I mean, it's, so it's 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 walking the whole gamut. Yeah, where do people look if they're? I guess in Denver you'd look up Marisol, mm-hmm. M-A-R-I-S-O-L. Uh, around the country, where, where do you recommend people look if they're like in a crisis pregnancy or they know someone who is to get some help? Um, around the country, I'm not sure. I mean, you can Google. You can Google those centers. If you just look up crisis pregnancy center, you're going to find something. And they're not just. I there would to send you to women. a pro-life um, right. pregnancy right. <laughs> crisis yeah. center. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't go to Planned Parenthood for that information, right? Yeah, no, there's an <laughs> incredible bias. Yeah. Like they, that's how they. That's how they get their money, dude. They're funded mm-hmm. by encouraging people to end their pregnancy. And I can't. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. That clip. They shouldn't be allowed to torture women like that. Right. right. Man, and, and, and you know, it's, it's funny too, they, they, they accuse conservative Christians of not caring for people after birth. Uh, and, and not only with this issue, but every charity 
If you go into the inner city of any city, or I've been around the world into the, the poorest places on earth, I've never found uh, an, an atheistic organization in the slums of Haiti hmm. serving and helping feed people. And maybe, there are, maybe they're there, but there's an overabundance of Christian missionaries, of, of, of sisters, yes. of brothers, of priests, who are like, I give my entire life to help uphold these people. Um, praise God. So it's, it's, it's formed a lot of your work. It's also formed you to encourage your daughter. And I want you to brag on this a little bit right oh, now. I am so, yeah, I'm so happy to be able to brag on this. So yeah. um, Craig and I have five children yeah. together. Um, and um, uh, we have seven grandchildren. The last grandchild was born uh, four weeks ago at 31 weeks. But um, back mm. in March. There's the baby. Yeah. It's mm. a little Charlotte. Charlotte Ann. <laughs> I love it. Is she a doll? She's gorgeous. So she's 31 weeks old. Oh, little baby. And um, she was born when she was 31 weeks old. Um, the kids found out back in March, the beginning of March, that Charlotte has spina bifida. And now the vast um, majority of kids with spina bifida are aborted. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, parents are encouraged to um, abort their children, not just with spina bifida. There's other, um, you know, Down syndrome, you know, that kind of thing. But little Charlotte here has spina bifida, but um, uh, her parents um, advocated to her in such a way that um, they have been in Chicago since May 1st, mm. um, and uh, they engaged in a trial surgery um, on, uh, uh, for spina bifida mm. on Charlotte in utero when Praise she was God. 25 weeks. Um, the doctors went in and um, essentially um, tucked her little spinal cord back into her spinal right. column and closed her up and, and she's healing and um, just as beautiful as can be. Hallelujah. The prognosis is really good. Yes, you know? praise God. So, Thanks anyway. be to God. So Shelly, I can see how God's used your story, used your mistakes to make you the person you are and to put you on mission. And this is what he does. He raises us up, he sends us on mission. You've helped countless women here in Denver your support to your daughter to where abortion was not an option, uh, even for her because of how you raised her. And um, it's just awesome to watch the grace of God, I just to marvel at it. And that's why I wanted you on the show, so y'all can marvel at the grace with me. <laughs> I wanted to, uh, to rip through a bunch of myths and, and uh, responses to them about abortion, uh, but we just talked for over 30 minutes and that, uh, that filled the entire time. But what, what I will do, I wrote this stuff out, we'll, we'll put this in the show notes, notes for you. That's probably even better because then you can just copy and paste it to that angry person on Twitter. They're loving responses, <laughs> uh, myths, and then responses to those myths about what people think about abortion. I love you guys. Thanks for, for watching. Remember, Jesus loves you so much. And no matter where you've been, no matter how you messed up, he could turn every mistake, every wound mm -hmm. into a source of blessing for others. Thanks for being that Amen. blessing and for sharing with us. And your hand's not as sweaty anymore. She calmed <laughs> down. She made it through. There was no viral moment from Shelly passing out. I'm a little disappointed, but that's fine. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Thanks, guys. Man, wasn't that great? Listen, if you don't want to be happy, be sure not to subscribe. But if you want a more joyful life, the kind of life that God created you for, the kind of life Jesus promised when he said, I came to give you life to the full, then make sure you hit subscribe and share this channel with everybody you know.